0: Welcome to Leidosophy on the road. Remember you're here with an open mind because that's the rule, not the exception. As you can see behind me, the mighty Pacific Ocean. Filming live here, not live technically, this is recorded or will be recorded, I'm filming live. Live in the Southwest corner of Washington State where the mighty Columbia River meets the Pacific Ocean give you a full 360 panel if you're watching on YouTube if you're listening on podcasts well, you can probably hear the uh, hear the ocean behind you so there's that but uh, yeah pretty pretty amazing scene here pretty powerful place. So Lidosophy on the road what do we want to talk about today? Uh, a little reflection coming up on episode I think 17 18 maybe. I had a really good conversation with my wife a couple days ago, and we discussed kind of the first month and a half of leadership and, you know, she mentioned maybe that it might be kind of heavy, heavy on the on the leadership theory stuff, maybe a little more abstract, and I think that's a fair assessment. I was reflecting on why that might be, and you know. I haven't been in a leadership position per se and it's been five almost six years since I retired from the military so you know I spent some time in in a philosophy program and and then spent some time doing organizational leadership at Gonzaga and uh, you get drawn towards the kind of the academic stuff and the theory and the world of abstraction and kind of forget that you know, there's a practical side of leadership i mean you can talk about theories all day long but when it comes down to it people are at their business within their organization within their community and uh leadership's real man it's it's practice it's a it's a practical thing it's hands-on it's heuristics you're learning on the fly it's trial and error and maybe i've gotten away from that a little bit in the first month and a half of leadership. You know, I talked about in the first couple episodes that Leadosophy to me was a personal journey. And that's true, it is a personal journey. And I talked about the fact that I didn't, maybe didn't necessarily know who my audience was or who or my audience would be. And maybe I should have worked that out before Leadosophy started. I think in general, my, my, my audience is anyone who wants to deepen their understanding of leadership. And I think using the tools of philosophical thought as a way to do that. And that, that comes into ideas like introspection, uh, critical examination, asking questions. Maybe some questions are deeper than others. And that's kind of where I saw leadosophy going in the beginning. But I realized that lead also probably needs a practical side, how we put all the stuff into practice. And I want to get into that a little bit. You know, I, I talk a lot of times about my Coast Guard experience, my 20 years in the Coast Guard. And, you know, again, my wife is a good sounding board because she's coming up on almost 20 years in the Coast Guard. She's a leader in her own respect. And, her feedback and advice when it comes to leadership and the things I talk about on philosophy is very usually pretty spot on. And I'll admit sometimes it's anyone it's hard to hear critical feedback sometimes, but she's got really some of the best critical feedback as far as you know what she takes away from from leadosophy listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube show. And one thing I can say from a practical standpoint is that the Coast Guard is. It's in my blood, from a leadership standpoint. I know I haven't been in a leadership role for quite some time, other than, you know, in my current part-time job, leading projects every once in a while. But being a leader on the day-to-day basis is not something I do right now. You know, my wife does does do that, and she has some really valuable feedback when it comes to leadership and the practical side of what she's actually experiencing in her job. The challenges the successes how do you know you're effective as a leader uh how do you know you're ineffective so yeah there she is you can see her she's walking our dogs our great danes
1: Treasure hunting.
0: so jess i was just explaining that from a leadership standpoint and leadosophy might have been a little heavy on on theory and abstractness over the first 16 episodes. Yes. And you kind of let me know that there's a practical side of leadership. And I explained that I haven't been in a leadership role for quite some time. So what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on lead in general? Can you give your analysis? That'd be awesome.
1: My analysis so far, well, it's just like, it's what you said the other day. Um, I was getting frustrated with it because it was so academic. Yeah. And um, in my world every day, uh, academia plays such a small role. And as much as I self reflect on my decisions and choices and it's very, leadership is very introspective, it's really all about the people you lead because without followers, you, you aren't a leader. So it is good to know like where you stand and why you stand there. Um, but that evolves and changes with each passing situation and with each day that goes by So to try to be so introspective to actually pinpoint any one specific thing at any one specific time, you also have to be willing to say that that specific thing in that specific time, you also have to acknowledge and know that that's absolutely going to change. And the biggest thing that'll make it change is the people that you work with and the people that you're leading. So that was kind of where I was going the other day. Like, I love the... I love the introspection, I, I self-reflect my, into a downward spiral, as we've talked about before. Sorry the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. This is a dig-off, this is a dog dig-off right here. All right. Um, I go into, uh, I can kind of overthink things, because I'm always, you know, you have to make decisions, you have to make decisions in, at the time, and so I always review them and review them, and sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes they're easy, sometimes they're hard. Um, but at the same time, I am not the same person I was even 10 minutes ago when all that stuff's going on. So it's good to know where your foundations and your basis and your biases and all that stuff come from. It's good to acknowledge them, but it's also good to um, focus outward with that too. And not just be solely focused inward. Cause really leadership is all about your outward product.
0: Outward product by your followers? Yep. Their successes and failures?
1: Absolutely. That's what it's all about.
0: Is that how you judge your effectiveness? Uh, and I asked this because I read an article the other day and, and it, one of the things it talked about was leadership effectiveness. But my, my question to that was, how do you define effectiveness as a leader? Is it Doesn't it change by context and by situation? Is it contextual?
1: Absolutely. Well, it's situational, it's functional, it's everything because it just depends on what your goal is. So you can be the leader of a four-person boat crew. I know you've probably talked about, and I've heard you talk about how you are, um, how you are, you know, Coast Guard is your leadership background. Obviously it's mine as well, but it's no different than crew before that or team sports when I was, you know, in high school and growing up as a kid, right? So
0: you rode crew in college at Purdue? Absolutely,
1: yeah. absolutely, right? So, but it's not that much different because you have a, you have a goal. In that case, it's a very simplified goal it's to win. Right? So you have a goal and it's to win. And that's where, you know, when you're talking about that open-minded, closed-minded thing, there are certain techniques when you're rowing that if you stick to those and those core concepts, and if you pull together, you'll be a successful crew. There isn't, there is innovation and oars and practice and there's innovation, opportunities for innovation in lots of areas in athletics, but there's really there's a certain amount of cores that if you you all have to be on board with right you all have to want to win the race yeah. you know you all have to want to compete so that's what i meant by sometimes it's a little bit of survival that an organization sticks to just a few values and they don't really you know go so open-minded as to lose their identity and that's kind of i think what i was that was the feedback i was giving you the other day is that Closed-minded is always seen as such a negative thing. However, organizations and situations can sometimes thrive off of a closed-minded behavior. And I think that your infographic that you made captured it really, really well.
0: So I haven't talked about the infographic. Do you want to plug it?
1: <laughs> Do I want to plug it? Jess, um, Jess is going
0: to plug my infographic that I created today.
1: It's just the four, it's just an infograph discussing the four times in which um, a close, having a closed mind and as a leader, as a leader, um, and I, and that's the thing I, you say that even I'm saying that right now and I don't want anybody to think I'm closed minded because they take it so negatively, that's but, if true. I, but if I know that I'm going to get hypothermic in that water because that water is 40, I think it's 42 or 48 degrees today. That's cold. That's cold. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not going to go swim in the water without proper protective equipment. And that can be, that's what I mean by closed minded. It's not necessarily closed minded that you can't survive. I know you could. It's just, I have the better chance of survival if I'm wearing a dry suit.
0: So it's safe to say that there are some some things that are just time tested. Correct. Right. And you talked about survival, right? Yes. And that's in my infographic where I talked about survival. There's some survival ideas or truths that are just, there's no reason to be open minded about it because they just work.
1: Correct. you need water to survive
0: correct a so, certain way to build a fire there's certain yes. way to build shelter
1: but there's opportunities for open-mindedness and how you obtain that water how that water is created yep. but at the end of the day you need water right so that's kind of what I mean by that and, and somebody could come along and they could say uh, we found that you don't need water and that's great but un- unfortunately innovation is inefficient so if you don't have room in your organization to be innovative, because it's efficient, it's inefficient and it's expensive, because you need to be allowed to fail and retry and fail. Not every organization is in a position to do that. So I don't...
0: I and don't if think the organization's not in a position, you as a leader are probably not gonna be in a position to do that. Correct. Leader, so.
1: Correct. But you can also create opportunities for that within your organization. So you can be very close-minded and say, you need to do this to be successful. Do that and then give people an opportunity to prove you wrong in controlled environments so that you don't damage the progress that you've made. If that even all works out for you.
0: That's good stuff.
1: Is it? All right, we're gonna go back to hunting for treasures.
0: All right, so there you have it. you
1: wanna tell them why we're hunting for treasures?
0: Why are we hunting for treasures? Oh, uh, So yeah, so where we're at on the Pacific Ocean, this is a little nature talk here, and I'm not trying to make this a nature documentary, but. We get a lot of stuff that washes up from over in in Japan, from Asia, from the other continent. So you can always find like glass balls that are like fishing floats. There's all kinds of things you can find washing up on the beach here in the uh, Pacific Northwest, which is really cool. I mean, everything, we have whales that wash up here. I mean, it's crazy the stuff you'll see washing up here on the beach in, in Washington state. big clamshells, we just found a big clamshell.
1: These are rare.
0: Yes, so there you have it. This is Leidosophy on the road. I think we had some good good thoughts. I think we had some good introspection on Leidosophy thus far, where we've been, where we're going. Again, I, I use the metaphor that, you know, if I'm leaving Boston Harbor and I wanna to go to Ireland, Leadosophy is like I'm kinda of going somewhere in Ireland along the coast, I don't know where I'm going yet. I haven't picked out an exact city I'm headed to. That's kinda of how Leidosophy is. I don't know where the journey's going specifically. I have a general sense on, on where it's going. Again, it's very personal for me. It's a very introspective journey. I'm deepening my understanding of leadership every time I make a new episode. And hopefully it's a little thought provoking. Again, maybe it's a little. it's been a little theoretical. But that's not always a bad thing either. You know, sometimes you got to balance the theory and the practice side of leadership. But that's pretty much all the thoughts I have today. I hope you en- hope you enjoyed this uh, leadership on the road show. You've probably seen some cars driving by. You can drive on the beach here in Washington. Oh, hold on! If you're if you're watching here, we got one last little treat for you—a little star- dead starfish. Let's see if I can find it. I yeah. hate starfish. Yeah. Jess hates starfish, by the way. So there's that. She says, starfish, suck your face off. I don't know if that's true. That might be a, a legend, a myth, but we'll see. All right, thanks for watching. Remember, Leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen your understanding of leadership and of life. I will say of life as well. All right, we'll catch you next time.